Welcome to H2O in the Know. In this episode from the 2018 Berkeley Springs International Water Tasting, we're talking with former Communications Director Jane Lashton. Jane is being honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award this weekend for her work in the bottled water industry, which spanned 40 years with Nestle Waters North America. Jane will talk with us about her career and the reasons why bottled water is now the most popular packaged beverage. I'm your host, Chris Torres, and Jane, it's great seeing you today. How are you? Great seeing you, Chris, and glad to be on H2O in the Know. <laughs> great to have you. So, let's begin. First, how does it feel to be honored here this weekend with the Lifetime Achievement Award? It's incredibly exciting. It's, it's humbling when I think of how many people I have to thank over a span of 40 years that, that led to this. It always takes a village, and... I really was very fortunate to have amazing co-workers and to have leaders who had a lot of vision and belief in bottled water, belief in this product, and who infused great energy. So it was easy to follow because we felt like we were really doing the right thing. And we had a very uh, high energy driven way that was very grounded in integrity. So to get to this point of getting a Lifetime Achievement Award, to do something I love to do over all this time, is exciting and it's, it is it is indeed very humbling. Okay. And have you been to this event before? Oh yes, I've been to this event a number of times in different capacities. Uh, I spoke quite some time ago, I spoke again at this um, festival this year and has have come to observe our own products being displayed and tasted and judged. So it's been uh, really many times. Love Berkeley Springs. How did you get into the bottled water industry? I was really pretty fresh out of college and looking for job opportunities as a young gal from Staten Island taking the ferry into the big city. and. Fortunately, I had a number of things to consider, but I had taken a lot of French in school, and I interviewed at Perrier, which was Great Waters of France at the time, and the company was formed to introduce Perrier to Americans, and the job required some French, but I was also just intrigued compared to other opportunities that I was being offered and that they were in, you know, banking and finance and the types of things that New York would offer. Here was this startup um, with really cool people, many, a lot of contact with France, but it, I love the product. Here was this natural, healthy product. And at the time, that was really as it is now. But at the time, that was kind of a new concept on a, on a mainstream level for people to have something that was delicious and natural and healthy, but it was also very chic. So this was very exciting for a gal from Staten Island. Did you know anything about the industry beforehand? I knew about brands maybe like Saratoga because I was from New York, Um, but those brands were very specialized, sold in very, very nice restaurants or sold in European type gourmet shops. So they weren't very widespread, except for maybe bottled waters in the gallon jugs that you'd see on the supermarket shelves. And um, 
There was always bottled water for your contact lenses and things like that. <laughs> what was the general uh, public attitude like toward bottled water at the time? Well, bottled water in the one-gallon jugs was very utilitarian. Then there were the very specialized waters. But what Perrier did was it had a very defined positioning, and it was seen as the socially acceptable adult alternative to sodas and to alcoholic beverages. And so you have to sort of go back and think about the time. So that was the late 70s. This was the baby boomers coming in large numbers into the workforce. And feeling we had gone through the Vietnam War, civil rights, this was a generation of people who felt we could really change the world and very fitness conscious. So this is when the marathons were just coming up. So people running through the streets in shorts was a very unusual phenomena. Uh, people had never seen that before. And there was, it was a time of the three martini lunch. And so you had these high energy, young college educated people who like me, were the first in their families to ever have a college degree. So we were determined to do well and make a difference. And so the whole idea of a three martini lunch was out the window and people wanted to do things that would be very healthy for them and but have a little bit of style and do it with a little bit of panache. And so Perry fit that niche perfectly. Now shifting to today, what do you think has triggered the rise of bottled water in recent years? I think water is a very simple part of our lives. Drinking water is always been what people have drank for so many years and it's why, I'm going way back from today, but it's why, you know, in the 1800s, certainly in Europe, it's a European tradition, people always went to where the waters were clean and springs are always the cleanest water because it's where the water first emerges from the earth. So people would travel to springs to get the cleanest water that was available to them. And so springs, people always had confidence that they were going to get clean, safe water. Once water became available in bottles, bottles were then brought to the cities where people were living and the water may not have been safe. Chlorine was not yet widely used in the early uh, 20th century. And, and then as, as chlorine came in and water got safe, people started to drink much more water. And so once it became available in a sparkling form, people were enjoying water in a different way. And once bottled water became available in the plastic uh, totable bottles that you could take with you, at the same time that we were becoming a very mobile society, women were working, people were not as home as much, people were really on the go. And about 1990, Evian, maybe a little before that, introduced us sparkling, um, I mean a non-sparkling water in, a, in these small bottles. And then other brands started to follow suit. And it was not a marketing phenomenon. There was no marketing having bottled water in a cooler in a convenience store all you had to do was watch people they'd see water there and they would reach for the water instead of a soft drink instead of a juice instead of um, of, of any other sweetened beverage I would say 
simply because people knew they wanted more water in their life. So they might choose both. They might take a carbonated soft drink or a juice and a water. And parents would be at their kids' soccer games and they'd bring a case of water. It was so easy. You didn't need to refrigerate it. It tasted great. It was resealable um, in the bottle. And it was simple. You didn't need to read a label to say, does this have saccharin, which would have been in sodas at the time. You know, you didn't have to read what the calories were or the ingredients were. It was so simple. And so it just tapped into, no pun intended, but people were drinking more water. They were drinking more tap water, and they were drinking more and more bottled water as it became widely available. And you could find it as you were at an airport or you went to the movies. I mean, before that, you would only have bottled water in a one-gallon jug. You wouldn't bring a one-gallon jug to the movies or... um, when you were eating pizza or whatever, Del bottled water was available wherever you were. And it was a very simple choice and especially smart choice for families and for children. Do you see any generational differences today in how people might view bottled water? I think that um, people younger than I were really brought up on drinking water and milk. And that really has been a very solid preference for young people that we have seen in adolescents and um, millennials as well, because that's what they were most familiar with. And because their parents too were recognizing that soda might be a special something treat once in a while, but sweetened beverages were not an everyday type of thing. It really was water and milk. Was there any sort of uh, aha moment along the way in your career where you might have realized that bottled water would become what it is now? Um, not for a long time. <laughs> we had no idea when bottled water was available in those small little bottles that it would ever be as big as it was. And it, it sort of took on a life of its own. As I said, there really was no marketing to this. It was consumers loved that product and love that product today. And it was just making water available to them wherever they went, so when they were out out and about. And the ability to get water delivered to their homes, if where they lived, if they wanted bottled water, or people were drinking more tap water too. So um, it's why today I think you're seeing a great popularity of sparkling waters because people really love the idea of having something that has no calories and no sweeteners, no artificial sweeteners. It's simple, you know what it is, and you have a sparkling water, you get that extra zing of carbonation with great flavors, and it's a great beverage to have. With goes with everything. Okay. And do you think this rise in uh, bottled water popularity is more of a trend or part of a larger shift in lifestyle? Oh, I think it goes hand in hand with people, an evolution toward greater health in this country. And the trends seem to show that people are paying much more attention to their fitness routines, to their spiritual health, their uh, meditation and mindfulness. And not everybody does this every day. We're a very busy, productive country. But I think people are much more conscious of a holistic way of living and 
wanting to make healthy choices. And our job in the bottled water industry is to make that choice easy for people. Bottled water recently surpassed carbonated soft drinks as the top package of beverage. What did the moment uh, mean and signal to you? Well, you asked me before if we ever could have predicted the growth of bottled water um, as it was. And I would say, though we didn't so much, the Beverage Marketing Corporation did, which is beverage analysts in New York, and they track beverage sales of, of every kind. And they were the ones to really talk about and saying there is a distinct trend happening here from about the year 2000 onward, soft drinks were declining almost on a one-to-one, gallon-to-gallon increase in bottled water. That's where all the growth really was coming from, for bottled water from soft drinks. Certainly a great deal of it. And they were very mindful of saying, look at these distinct trends happening. And so that started around the year 2000 to be very distinct and so when in March 2017 it was the Beverage Marketing Corporation who announced that the consumption of bottled water surpassed that of carbonated soft drinks and juice and beer and every other type of beverage that is out there and It was phenomenally gratifying because we knew America was healthier for it. There was a study done showing that from the year 2000 to the year 2015, the amount of calories swapped out because people were no longer drinking caloric sweetened drinks, drinking bottled water. So package to package, gallon to gallon, calorie to calorie, Americans saved up to 68 trillion calories. That's like a, a number you can't even get your finger on. But it but it is tremendous. And it does equate to, you know, a couple of, you know, a, a donut every day for a year or, or, you know, things like that. So Americans really changed their habits. And it resulted in a positive public health outcome. And my last question for you today is, where do you see the future of the industry going? Well, I think health is here to stay. People want to live long and healthy, and they want to see their children live healthy lives. So I think the choice of water is always going to be very important. Bottled water sees a phenomenal trend of bottled water even growing. I think to do that well, the bottled water industry has been and will continue to take responsibility for its environmental footprint, both in really advocating for better recycling in this country of plastic packaging, so that there's the ability to capture more plastic, use it endlessly, whether it's going back into a bottle and or it's being used for other purposes, whether it's clothing or other industrial purposes, carpets and so on, but you have to get that plastic back to be able to reuse it and not waste it. And many companies are lightweighting their bottles, so much, 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 much less plastic content, more than 50, 60% less plastic content than originally had been in those bottles. The bottled water, comparatively speaking, actually uses less water and less plastic 
than any other packaged beverage would because bottled water, from a water standpoint, uh, uses very little water to produce. There's no ingredients to grow for whether it's sugar or high fructose corn syrup, corn or uh, flavorings. There's, there's really no other ingredients that water is used to grow. And because it, it's very simple to bottle, the manufacturing practices don't require um, quite as much water as bottling other types of products might. Um, and because bottled water is for the large part not carbonated, you can use less plastic in the bottles. And it certainly is a great way to save calories. <laughs> All right, and Jane, thank you so much again for joining the show today. It's been great meeting you this weekend and just hearing you share all of your knowledge about the bottled water industry. Thank you, Chris. Great to be on H2O In The Know. And that's it for this episode. Uh, make sure you check out all of our episodes from Berkeley Springs. We'll see you next time.